Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now, today we are here to talk about Lance Stroll. We've been needing to talk about Lance Stroll for a little while, and today we're going to do it. I'm joined by Abby and James. How are you, Abby? I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Ollie? I'm very good. Thank you for asking. Now, I do have a little bit of building work going on um, at Formula Nose HQ, so if you can hear banging and drilling in the background, um, I can only apologise. But, James, how are you? I'm all right. Uh, Not having to deal with that. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing you're very happy to be talking about Lance Stroll because you've been wanting to. I've, I've been hearing it in your voice in, in the previous podcast. You've just been waiting to get this stuff off your chest. So, so crack on. <laughs> well, we, he keeps coming up at the moment, doesn't he? And he's, he's been in the news about all sorts of different things. But Lance Strolovich, um, which is his full name, um, for those that don't know, he's a Canadian, obviously, racing driver. Um, he has been in Italian F4. Uh, the Toyota Racing Series, which is essentially, it's a bit like a New Zealand F3, um, and then the European Formula 3 Championship, of which he was champion in all of them. Um, He achieved his first podium finish, which was a third place at the 2017 Azerbaijan Grand Prix, I'm sure everyone will remember that, uh, becoming the second youngest driver to finish a race on the F1 podium. Um, And he's also had one pole position, which was at the 2020 Turkish Grand Prix, I'm sure another memorable race for everyone, uh, where Lewis Hamilton took his seventh world championship. Um, So let's talk about this, guys, because he he hasn't done the typical 
F2, F3 champion sort of thing that the other drivers do. Um, Abby, I know you had some thoughts on, on his uh, racing history. So, uh, Do you think he's, he's a legitimate F1 driver and, and he deserves his seat? Let, let's start with that. Well, we've all said before, I'm sure, that he he's an undervalued driver. He was understated. Obviously, now there's more to look at in regards to who Stroll is and his racing career, especially this season compared to Alonso. But looking back at his history, yes, he hasn't done the standard FIA Formula 2 and Formula 3 championships, but the championships that he has competed in, he was champion, like you say, Ollie. And I think you've always got to have something about you to be a champion. It's not something easy to accomplish. So he is a talented driver. He, I think he did deserve his Formula One seat. I'm not saying he deserves to continue to be in the sport at the moment because there is a clear difference between his performances compared to his teammates' performance. And it does raise questions about whether he does deserve to be in Formula One, especially when you have Aston Martin having the likes of Felipe Dragovic, the 2022 F2 champion, as their reserve driver. He is a talented driver, Stroll. Obviously, at the beginning of the year, he did have an accident, which has affected his performance, particularly in the early races of this season. But I feel like it is the right time, Ollie, to start questioning whether Stroll should remain in the sport for many years to come. So there's always been talk since Lance Stroll arrived in F1 that it was because of his dad. So for those that don't know, uh, Lawrence Stroll, Lawrence Strollovic, um, he is a billionaire. He is currently worth around 3.9 billion. Um, it's, it's, it, he's essentially worked in the fashion world with um, Ralph Lauren, Tommy Hilfiger, Michael Kors, things like that. And uh, he's obviously recently become... Um, executive chairman of Aston Martin and the owner of uh, Aston Martin F1 team. James, what what's your thoughts on he's only there because of his dad, his daddy bought him the seat. Um, and, you know, obviously that's helped. Uh, being a racing driver costs a lot of money, but do you feel like th- that's who he is? Or do you think his, his previous, you know, racing experience is why he's where he is? But there's no getting past the fact that he is with Aston Martin because his dad owns the team. Like, I think we've we've all been aware of that. He was put in immediately after the whole Racing Point debacle, which ended up with, yeah, Lawrence Stroll buying the team. And his performances were okay. He was not too far from Checo in his time there. And he was actually, I think this is it, He people used to like to, to dunk on Stroll quite a lot and, and be pretty critical of him. And then I thought the last couple of years, he fared not too badly against a four-time world champion in Seb Vettel. And it was kind of think, and I think opinion was starting to shift a bit. You kind of go, I oh, actually maybe he, you know, and everyone knows he's, he is genuinely good in the wet. That's part of how he got that pole that he was talking about in Turkey. And he has elements of a really good driver, but I think that is it's become very evident. Maybe it was Seb. We know Seb's not the most adaptable driver. He really struggled with the Red Bull and got beaten soundly by Daniel. So maybe he wasn't at his best with Aston Martin. It's obviously very difficult to to just properly equate them. But yeah, this season has not been a great look. With Fernando coming in, very much an adaptable driver, as we've seen. He loves to change teams. Uh, and yeah, I think the thing with Lance is, does he want to be there? 
that's become more and more evident that apparently it's not really his passion, it's his dad's passion. And he clearly does have talent for it, which probably is because he's done it since he was a kid. But yeah, I mean, uh, I know that tennis has been mentioned, that he actually would rather be playing tennis. Kind of ironically, Nick Kyrgios, who only plays tennis because he's good at it and would rather be a basketball player. Maybe we can do some kind of uh, trade-off and everyone can (laughs) switch up sports for a bit. But but yeah, I don't know. He's kind of the Gareth Bale of of F1, isn't he? It's like, would you rather be off playing tennis? Mm. I think I think it's interesting be be- because he he obviously can drive James and, and you've made that point. So in his first season in F1, uh, he was he was partnered with Felipe Massa back in 2017. So in, in that season at Williams, um, Lance Stroll achieved obviously his 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 podium. He finished in third, but overall he scored 40 points and Felipe Massa scored 43 points. Now Massa's someone who'd been in the sport for so many years, you know, nearly took a championship. Uh, that's a different conversation because he might be taking it back. Um but to 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 be able to mix it with someone like Felipe Massa in your first year that shows you can drive um and it didn't really take too long for him to get going um he, he was, was like partnered... six days off breaking max's record for the youngest podium wasn't he? it was really close yeah 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 it was and it was so close at the end do you remember it was literally on the finish line that he got yeah that. bottas just nicked yeah. him i think yeah so we know Lance Stroll can drive. He was with he was um, partnered with Sergey Sorokin. Sergey was it Serge Sergey 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 right uh, Sorokin um, who he outperformed in 2019. And then interestingly, he was then with Perez uh, for 2019. Um, and Perez, I think it's fair to say, walked all over him. Um, so Perez was the first guy who really had a match on him in 2019. Um, since then, obviously, he, he he's had world championship uh, teammates where it then starts to look really, really different. Um, but in 2021, there wasn't that much of a difference between Vettel. And I think that's what, what sort of you were saying, James, where he he seems to go up and down quite a bit in terms of his, his, his performance. Do you think there's a difference now with Fernando Alonso where uh, the team might be focusing more on him? I mean, when your dad owns the team, probably not. I don't think, I mean, I think they, they tend to treat them pretty equally and we've seen that. And I mean, Fernando was openly trying to help Lance early in the season. I remember, you know, oh, try this setting, try this mode and kind of learning from him. And they've seemingly got on very well, but it hasn't seemed to help Lance really. He's not progressing and the excuse of his injuries before the season are, are wearing pretty thin now and he's not getting any closer to Fernando. I mean, that was it. he's always been historically not a great qualifier. That was the case against Checo. But then he'd normally do all right. He did really well, I think, at race starts. I think there was one season where he made up the most positions on the first lap uh, or near enough, which obviously is a bit of being not a good qualifier. It gives you the opportunity to do that. Max hasn't made up many from uh, <laughs> in the first lap this year because he's always at the front. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know if he's, ever gonna I, I think he might have reached his ceiling already he's what his seventh eighth season you said 2017 so yeah that's that's quite a long time for an f1 driver yeah and, and i mean looking at this season this is when it's really starting to to change so he you know he was mixing it with a 
with, with the rest. And now it's just like, he's it, just plateaued. I mean, Abby, it seems, you know, Aston Martin are making such giant leaps forward, um, especially this season. You know, we, we, we're seeing Fernando regularly on the podium, regularly fighting, taking them championship points. But um, Lance Stroll's average finishing position this season is is 10th and Fernando's is fourth. That's, I mean, it says a lot. And I just wonder as a, as a team, as a business, how Aston Martin can keep this going because it's going to cost them um, huge amounts going forward. So at what point do you think the team need to step in and, and remove him? And would his dad even do that? His dad probably wouldn't, but he probably should. Because, like you say, there is a clear difference between Alonso and Stroll this year. Alonso has been on the podium seven times. He's got 170 points to his name and one DNF, whereas Stroll only has 47 points and two DNFs. He is ninth in the standings, which is higher than where he finished last year. Last year, he finished in 15th. So he has improved in that respect. And he has 10 more points compared to what he got overall in 2022. But it does seem, like you say, Ollie, Aston Martin are taking a leap forward. They're improving. They have this special project and Alonso is really helping with that. But it's almost like they're moving forward, but Stroll's like trailing behind and he's not moving with the team. And I agree with James. I think he has hit his peak. I don't think there's anything like more to come from him in that respect. He is a talented driver. He can perform, but it's that consistency. And at the end of the day, if you own an F1 team, you can't look at it as, oh, well, he's my son. Like I, I want him in the team. You've got to look at it as a business perspective and look, right, this driver's performing, this driver isn't. Well, we have an F2 champion, it's time to give like him a seat or another junior driver a seat rather than just keeping Stroll in because of the familial ties. You need to look at the results and how that does then impact the team's progress as a championship team in F1. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So James, I'm going to put you in a hypothetical scenario here. You work for Aston Martin, okay? You're an employee of theirs. Now, most well, all teams, I believe, they, they will give bonuses to their staff depending on where they finish in the championship. Um, that's just how things work. You know, if a company does well, you you get a bonus. Um, you're working for Aston Martin, okay? You're working on, I don't know, let's say Alonso's side of the garage and you're absolutely smashing it and you're not going to get your bonus this year, potentially because one of the drivers isn't performing. How would you feel about that? And would it would it demoralise you? Would you be frustrated? Would you want change? I mean, do, do you think that's that's something that may be happening within Aston Martin? It definitely could be. Yeah, you make a good point. It is it is a big team and as much as we kind of write it off as, well, of course he's not going to get rid of his son. You know, it's his dream and it's his son. So he's going to keep him in. Yeah, there are hundreds of people in that team who, like you say, I mean, 
I think I said this on the race review, but yeah, I mean, Aston have now dropped a fourth and they realistically should be second in the constructors. And the, yeah, the prize money is hugely different. And I presume, like you say, the bonuses for all the people from the very top to the very bottom of that team will be dramatically different between second and fourth as well and yeah uh, I think there's for the most part one person that is the reason they aren't second and yeah he is the boss's son so it's the kind of thing where you talk about yeah nepotism at, at, at work and if you know if the boss's son is there not pulling his weight and doesn't really want to be there you're going to get probably a bit bitter, aren't you? I guess we can also, right, and I, I, I'm clutching at straws here with this link, but let's go with it. Logan Sargent is also from a billionaire family, right? And what are your thoughts generally on pay drivers? Obviously, Lance Stroll, there's no details on his contract, how long it is, what's he's being paid. There's absolutely nothing, obviously, because it's his dad. But, Abby, do you think pay drivers in F1, this is an example of when it doesn't work? Or what's your thoughts? It's about time, again, we have the pay driver conversation because they seem to come and go a lot quicker than, um, you know, your paid drivers. Yeah, I think... With with Logan Sargent, you mentioned him there. He did very well in his junior career. And whilst he hasn't had the strongest start to his F1 rookie season, Williams have been making strides in the recent races. And Williams, they like to nurture their drivers and help them grow and give them at least a couple of years to develop rather than one season. I think every driver should be there on merit and every driver on the grid at the moment is there on merit they do all have the talent but with stroll it's it's difficult because of one like who his father is as we've mentioned and having that familial relationship within a team will make it incredibly complicated but it shouldn't it shouldn't even come into it really because F1 is a sport and it is a business at the end of the day. Having the team, you're employing the drivers and you're paying them to perform well and drive and win you championships. And that should be the only consideration in a team principal's and a CEO's mind when it comes to picking who they're going to have in their team. And the concept of a pay driver has kind of changed over time, hasn't it? Because, I mean, in the 90s, 80s, there were literally people paying for seats, rich guys who just fancied it, fancied having a go and then they came on and were awful and eight seconds off the pace and and they were literally paying, you know, a few hundred thousand to the team and probably keeping that team in business. Then it gradually became who can get the most sponsors and that's what we saw in the kind of 2000s, 2010s and you brought, I mean, to some extent, Checo has been a pay driver. He had a huge backing in Mexico. Maldonado, obviously, famously with the Venezuelan oil the, uh, company that used to uh, sponsor Williams. And, but then it's kind of now a necessity. You know, Lando is from a billionaire family as well. You almost always have to be to, because it is so expensive to reach F1. There aren't, it isn't so much there are useless drivers getting in because they bring lots of money as 
you all have to bring a lot of money just to get there at all. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. And that's when, you know, certain drivers' stories really stick out where they've had to struggle for it. And, you know, um, Hamilton obviously being one of them where it's an infamous story of, you know, his dad working however many jobs. But um, it, it is part of F1 and getting that sponsorship. You know, we've heard lots of female drivers say it. You, you can't race unless you've got the sponsors with you. Um, and obviously having your dad owning the team, that ticks that box. Um all right, I'm going to get a hot take from you guys. Um, I guess it's a two-part question to end the show, right? Do you think Stroll will walk or will he be pushed? And when do you think it will happen? James, I'm going to start with you. I don't think we'll ever know exactly whether he walked or was pushed. I think it's more likely it would end up somewhere in the middle, not to sit on the fence, but I think this is genuinely what will happen. Uh, I think he would like talk to his dad over the next couple of years. If it stays the same next year and Fernando's miles ahead, maybe he'd go, do you really want to do this? I don't really want to do this. Maybe we do something else, try and make you a tennis star, whatever it is. Uh, And yeah, (sighs) thing is Fernando, I mean, Fernando could well go on forever, but he he will be 43 next year. How long is he going to keep going? And does Aston Martin then end up with no drivers? Uh, okay, so I don't think it's going to happen next year. I think it'll be later than that. I don't know, 2026, 7, whatever, before he's actually gone. Okay. Uh, and you're not sure? You think it'll be a mutual agreement? Dad, this isn't working out. I, what else can I do? Because he doesn't need yeah, the money, we'll does know. he? So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Abby, what do you think? I think he'll be gone before the new regulations come in. So 2025. He he just doesn't strike me as someone who really wants to continue being in F1. He never really looks that enamoured. And he's one of the drivers that I feel like if you were forced to name all 20 drivers on the current grid, he probably would be one you forget because he doesn't really like stick out compared to some of the others. So I think he'll be gone at like the end of 2025. And I agree with James. I don't think we'd ever really know whether his dad was like, look, you've got to go or whether he decides. Yeah, I think I think you guys are right. It's going to be a sort of do it as quietly as possible. Lance is leaving. Here's our new driver. It will be very much um, just just let him fade away. And I do remember Anne Bradshaw, uh, who was on the podcast last year, who was Lance Stroll's media coach. Media coach? PR? What, what are they called? Media coaches. Media liaison media liaison um she was saying how lance Stroll he's a very very shy and private guy he doesn't want to be in the spotlight so i think yeah naturally it will just tail off um i think it's probably more likely to be his dad say right okay we've moved things on now um it's a business decision um and yeah i think before 2026 i think i'm with you abby there well let us know your thoughts um email us or tweet us or x us or facebook us or whatever you want to do but if you want to email it's info at formula nerds.com um abby thank you for joining us thank you for having me and for hosting no worries and james thank you pleasure as always and uh yeah we'll be back soon to talk about someone higher up the grid right yeah we're going to be back on the next show to talk about someone who is dominating the sport yes you guessed it we'll see you then goodbye you're listening to the cut to the race podcast it's lights out and away we go
Sports Social Podcast Network.